Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios. This is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Here we go. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We got so much going on here today, guys. It is awesome. Uh, by the way, I want to highlight something. Coming up here, Rob West is going to have the top 10 things to be looking for financially when you head into 2023. That's going to be good. Yeah. It's 7 o'clock. Looking forward to that. Very good, yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, A lot of good stuff happening here. And as you're thinking about moving into the Christmas season, I want you to think about giving your life away. We're talking about how Jesus changed the world. And one of the most profound things he did is he established the church. Now, the church, although imperfect, has been this incredible force in society. Think about it. Think about Pacific Garden Mission. Mm -hmm. Just take that. Yep. That's the gospel rescue mission right here mm-hmm. in Chicago. Yeah. Guys, I, again, I, I no, no knock on atheists. You can do what you want with God, but th- that's, that's the heart of God mm-hmm. expressed. You don't see people that haven't been radically altered by God normally coming together unified over a long period of time for the sake of the good of people that are absolutely crushed by society. Okay, so obviously I agree with you, but someone might push back and say there are plenty of charities in philanthropy. No doubt. Philanthropy that's done in just out of the goodness of the heart of a person who doesn't believe. I believe so that's how, true. How would you respond to I that? I respond to that in the way I do. Like, why do, why can Hitler bounce a baby on his knee? I've seen the black and white granny video. How, I mean, how can Hitler? Sure. See, here's the problem. We, we look at the totality of the makeup of a man or a woman, and we forget the fact that we're all image bearers. Mm-hmm. There's something good inside us in that we are uh, mirroring the God of the universe. So can even crazy, sick despots do good things on occasion? Yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot of good things that are being done. But I'm talking about this movement of people that have this sustained energy in a disproportionate amount of leverage time and resources toward kingdom stuff. You know, there's a lot of rumors out there about how much Christians give versus the rest of the world out there. Yeah. A lot of that stuff's really uh, tweaked and twisted in that when they talk about Christians, they're lumping a lot of different denominations together. But let me tell you right now, these folks we're talking to, I'm pretending it's just four of us talking here right now, boom, crumb talking behind your back here. (laughs) I'm talking behind your back, boom crew. Okay. Wow. These folks that we're talking to right now. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just tell you right now, the percentage of their income that they give to God's work is huge. Huge. Yeah. We see it in share. We see it anytime we partner with another ministry and, and, and cast a vision. Transworld Radio. Yep. We've done Far East Broadcasting. We've done Launch a Leader here internally at Moody to support the education of students. Every single time the resounding response is, okay, this is a gospel-centered mission. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, I mean, are there, if you cast a wider net to quote Christians, air quotes, you're going to get a, a diluted percentile of giving. It's still markedly more than the average society. But if you go for disciples of Jesus, guys, I'll tell you what, it's amazing what can be done. Now, can we do more? Sure. There can be more done. Discipleship with regard to stewardship is an important thing. Pastors, 
resist talking about it because it can appear self-serving at times. But I'll just say this. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. Taste and see that the Lord is good. There is the old adage, you can't outgive God. My bride and I have seen that to be true over and over again. We almost laugh about it now. And I'm not saying we're the icon of generosity. I'm just saying that as we're faithful with what the Lord gives us, we've seen him be faithful in just huge ways. That makes sense. Sometimes it's just merely the presence and power of God in a given situation. But don't let this stuff stick to your fingers. If you're one of those that kind of, oh, you just got to ask the question, is Jesus real to you? And if he is, give like you mean it. Right? <laughs> you know? I mean, give like you mean it, for crying out loud. We can't take it with us. And you don't want to give second generation wealth away. Those kids always squander it. (laughs) No, I'm I'm, I'm serious about that, (laughs) by the way. Second generation. And I'm not talking inheritance. I'm just talking about second generation raw wealth. It never goes well. The stats are in on this one, guys. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, every now and then it goes okay, but usually it doesn't go well. So. Anyhow, we're talking today about how God changed the world, and he changed the world through the church. And I want to do something really fun, really kind of different here. How is your church, what is your church doing in this Christmas season? Unapologetically, a lot of people go, oh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, people show up. You know what Phil Kwiatkowski said when we talked with him? Bring them on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was Pacific Guard Mission. Bring them on. Yeah. Uh Yeah. So what is your church doing this Christmas season? And coming up here in just a moment, I'm going to lead the charge. We're not doing a ton because we're just a little engine that could. We've got 18 languages spoken at our church now. It's awesome. I was uh, texting back and forth with Matt Forte last night, and I said, remember when we were doing the push-up challenge at our church oh, about five years ago? That's Four fun. years ago? Yeah. It was hilarious. I got down on the floor with Matt Forte and our worship leader, Tori, and, and uh, the three of us were doing push-ups. And... Uh, I was hanging with these bros. We're counting them <laughs> off. Everybody's chanting them off. And, uh, but it's, it's tough to beat Matt Forte. Um, yeah. I'm going to guess he won that one. one. Yeah. He won, but not by a lot. Tori took him right to the edge. It's mm. pretty awesome. They were both burning out. As a matter of fact, I could see <laughs> Forte looking over like, dude, are you going to bow out anytime soon? <laughs> but it was it was good. Push up um, challenge. Wow. We're asking you guys because in, in just a moment, I'm going to tell you what we're doing at 180 Chicago, just to give you an idea about what God can do. It's 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 kind of cool. And and when there's homegrown ministry, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Where you don't have to go find it, but people bring it to you. It's just really cool. Um, So what is your church up to in this Christmas season? It's time to brag about what God's doing through the body of Christ. Yeah, you can tell us about outreach events, a special ministry. That What what is your church doing to reach out to the community during this season? Give us a call. Tell us about it. 312-274-9624. 312-274-9624. Eric from Chicago. Eric, tell us what your church is doing to really serve the uh, the community this time of year. Well, good morning, Ali. Um, I'm a, a member of a Progressive uh, Baptist Church where I pastor the uh, Pastor Charlie Dates. Yes. yes, sir. And um, last month he uh, challenged the congregation with uh, five thousand cards. They were called uh, good deed cards. I'd like to say thank you when you see someone uh, doing a good deed, whether you're in Uber, in the restaurant, wherever you're at, to see someone doing a good deed, and then give you an opportunity to share the gospel with them. 
So uh, he asked us to be able to put a gift card with it, you know, to show thank yous. Actually, our uh, congregation, you, you give five, go about, go about five or ten dollar gift cards of uh, your choice, and just to say thank you. You know, I, uh, me and my wife, we uh, both got ten apiece, and we um, took the challenge, and it was just amazing the uh, response, how the people respond when you're just giving them something, even though it's not a whole lot, but it's just the thought of That's thinking of them, of telling you thank you for you doing a good deed. Boom. And then uh, just a couple of weeks ago, he made an announcement to the congregation that they adopted a school called Doolittle on, on 35th Street in the Brownsville neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So he had uh, the children there are impoverished and they don't have a lot of a, a, a lot going on. So the, pam- uh, the, the family asked the school to, uh, to be able to, to, to support them for this Christmas season. So, uh, so, so uh, Pastor Dates got the uh, names of all the children in the school, 246 children in the school, and asked the members to to, uh, to, uh, to adopt a child. And we all adopted a child and gave us to this past Sunday to bring the, the gifts in. It was just that's uh, awesome. amazing that's really cool. their, their response because the, the children that wouldn't have basically had anything under their tree would have something under their tree. Just God is just so good. You're talking about the light of the world. We are the light of the world. You got that right, Eric. Amen. Amen. Brother, that is right on. I got to tell you, that is really cool. And here's what happens. Uh, Eric, bring Eric back up, pot him back up. Eric, here's the funny thing about this. When the church is acting like that, you know what diminishes gossip or anything like that? You know what I mean, Eric? It changes the whole outlook away from looking at one another to looking outside of ourselves. Our whole perspective changes, Eric. Right, right. You're right, Carl, because when God said that we are the light of the world, even though we're the, the world is in darkness, but when, when light shows up, darkness has to flee. Yeah, and man. we are sometimes we are as close as some people are ever gonna get to the church. That's right so on God puts us on display to model what the church really looks like. Boom. Eric, boom, boom, boom. That's why we call you the boom crew, guys. It's good. 312-274-9624. What is your church doing to be the light of the world? Jesus changed the world. You know what he did? He started using the, 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 the church. He started using the church, and, he's, and he said, I'm going to take these called out ones, these children of mine. I'm going to give them a vision to reach this world, and I'm going to use them. And he's doing it. 312-274-9624. Give us a call right now. A minute and a half. I'll tell you a little bit about 180 Chicago straight ahead. Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. When the church is being the church, Katie, bar the door. Look out. I mean, it's just a beautiful thing to behold. And there's something that happens inside the church when the church gets its eyes off of itself and on the ministry of the lost and hurting. Sure. There's something beautiful that happens. All of a sudden, the quibbling over the color of carpet, that goes way. Isn't that funny how that works? And to us, I mean, and we fully recognize that this there are things happening year round yeah. Oh, yeah. at churches across Chicagoland that are community and outreach oriented. But what is your church doing during this season, this Christmas season? There's a lot of really cool ministries and outreach taking place. So if you want to tell us about what your church is doing, give us a call 312-274-9624. So I'm, I had this guy come up to me. He's a, just a precious guy. He's a, he's a, school teacher in CPS. Great guy. 
heart for people like you can't believe. His name's Garth. I'll give the first name. Garth comes up to me. He says, Pastor Carl, we've got an opportunity. I said, what's that, Garth? He said, well, I've got, and he goes on to explain all these Venezuelan refugee kids that are coming to a school. But he says they're wearing the same clothes sometimes three, four, five days in a row. And he says, I, I, listen, they don't have anything. They're living in a hotel. They're trying to get located. They, they're trying to get work. I mean, and they're just, they're just hurting. So he said, what about doing these shoebox deals, just like Samaritan's Purse, and we just do it for these kids here? Hmm. And last Sunday, one of the greatest joys of my life was to see the church buzzing, grabbing 60 shoe boxes for these kids. They got grabbed up so quick, they oh, were I'm gone. Sure. They evaporated. Oh. They were just gone. And here's what's cool about this. I saw the hearts of these, the, the people just, just, boom. Because God, when God changes hearts, he gives now in your DNA a heart to give away what you've been given. Mm -hmm. The grace, the power, the mercy of God. And uh, Garth then shared with the church family before they were all gathered up. He had gone to the parents of a few of these students and he told them, what we were going to do to help their kids. The parents wept. Wow. They cried. Because we're giving them shoe boxes. And, and then here's what's cool. It started kind of catching on. We had a, a, apparently a clothing wholesaler. I don't even know who the person is in our church who has all this Under Armour gear or something like that, that they've got like huge amounts that they can just grab. Huh. So we're going to throw in on top of shoeboxes all this clothes and stuff like that. We're just a little engine that could here in the South Loop. But that's the kind of stuff that changes the world one life at a time or 60 Venezuelan refugee kids at a time. Pretty cool. It is. We would love to hear what your church is doing. Uh, outreach oriented this time of year. 312-274-9624. Pretty sweet stuff. You know why? Because it's good to celebrate what God is doing through you, Boom Crew. It is really healthy. And you know what it does? It's a flywheel effect. It gets people thinking, all right, now, let's get going. Yeah. Let's, let's really leverage the gifts that we have in this season. 312-274-9624. What is God doing through your church to minister to folks? Got to go into work? Don't worry. Check out the Carlin Crew Showcast wherever you like to stream. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Stream it on Siri. You can uh, tell Siri where to stream it. Siri's now. Uh, I'm trying to get the attention of their series. Their series right now. You know, when you say Siri, like I do that here, and all of a sudden, <laughs> boing. I mean, phones going on all over the place. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we're talking about how God changed the world. Jesus changed everything when he came, and he built the church, and the church is this incredible force in the world today. And when it's working well, there is nothing like it. A couple text messages coming in from you. This one came in from 7914. My church's teen ministry hosts a holiday meal open to teens in our neighborhood. Oftentimes these teens, uh, these teens don't really uh, eat meals like this. So we meet with them with food so that God can open the doors and we can also feed them spiritually. I love that one. Uh, here's another good one from 9796. Our special needs ministry had activities for the young people 
people and served a special candlelight dinner in another room for the parents and caregivers. Beautiful, that man. Was nice. I, oh, so good. Keep them coming. Give us a call or a text on what your church is doing uh, for outreach this time of year. 312-274-9624. The church where I go to, Chicago Tabernacle, is doing something called Love and Serve. And so opening up the church for families to come in to do a number of things. Take some family pictures. So there's a whole setup so that families can get pictures oh, together. Sweet. Holiday activities for the kids. And then there's also going to be a pop-up store, grocery and toys, so that families can shop for all of the things that they will need for both to get gifts under the tree and then also for a family meal. So that's cool. And the experience is also what really makes it special. There I just looked online, registration to volunteer for this is already full. There's so many people that's the way from our works. congregation signed up that there's not even room for it's more beautiful. people to serve because they're already overwhelmed with volunteers who want to walk these families through this process, love them, care for them, and really allow them to have a fun experience, not Pretty just cool. handing them something. Yeah. That's awesome. A lot of different ways to serve and minister and be the light of the world. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Young Thunder, you okay in there, dude? What is going on? Well, just after I finished up the news report, I just thought it would be funny to stare at you uh, and then to, to not stop staring at you. You did that. I did. You did it really well, young Thunder. And so, are you okay today? Yeah, I'm you all right? Great. Yeah. You looked at me once, and then you kind of like signaled, like what? And then you looked away, but then I just kept. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, back. I was like, he'll look back. This is it really? That's yeah. a weird thing. I mean, you know, staring is a weird thing. How there's kind of a unspoken rule that if. If somebody, if your eyes meet with somebody for too long, yeah. you both look away because it feels Absolutely. uncomfortable. And it's like, why is that? Because why? it's uncomfortable. <laughs> but I'm saying, what, what is it about eye contact that makes people uncomfortable? Do you ever have staring contests, though? Right, why is your hand in the air? Well, I have an answer to your oh, question. Oh, okay, well, go ahead. Because what Young Th- Thunder just did to me is, is just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm getting at is why. I think it's because it's like... Sometimes it's like, all right, like, I don't want them to think that I was like thinking something about that, you know, like, like, you know, if there's a guy, it's way deeper if there's a that. guy over there and then it's like, it's like, I'm, I look at that guy over there and then he happens to look at me and I'm like, Again, I'm like, oh no, he, maybe he thinks I was looking just like thinking of That's something about how him or I something. knew my wife was hitting on me at college. Every time I looked her way, she was looking at me. Well, that's a uh, good well, kind. That's, yeah, that's, now, now, I've got the bully pulpit. My wife says it's the other way around, to uh, be of fair. Course, of what course. do you mean, of course? Well, Don't be no, side I'm, with no, my I'm wife on this way. thing. It's, I mean, it's always funny to hear couples uh, tell the story of how they met yeah, or how they yeah. fell in love. is because they each have their own version. No, it's funny because the fact is, when I looked at her, she was looking at me and probably... At least that's the way it computed in my brain. In her mind, she's thinking, every time I look at this guy, he's looking at me. I'm not looking at you. You're looking at me. You're going to go around and around. Which problem? (laughs) I was scratching my schnozzle. I look up. She's looking. See, she's looking again. Hilarious. Uh, If you had to rename yourself, what would it be, Allie? Okay, so my full name is Alexandra, but I've always gone by Allie. There was a period of time that I thought Alex was way cooler. So mm-hmm. I was going to a volleyball camp and and I thought, you know what? These people, these people don't know me. So I'm going to tell them my name is Alex and I'm just going to go by Alex. Cute. <laughs> 
felt cool. I felt edgy. And then <laughs> we were doing so a edgy. drill or, or something and we're sitting there and they're saying, Alex, Alex, Alex. And I'm sitting there going, ha, 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 ha. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> and so that didn't last. I thought, yeah, you know what? Uh, if you're going to re try to reinvent yourself. You better remember what you're reinventing. You it just, Alex didn't stay, stick. To this day, I wish that. I had been an Alex oh, because it just feels cooler than Allie. So there. Renaming's a fun thing. Um, <laughs> we did our son a huge disservice. We screwed up. In fact, he says, you guys were such kids when you had me. You, you kind of, kind of, we messed up, messed his, up his well, name we, a little well, bit. On the social security card, it's Carl Benjamin Clausen on his um, uh, birth certificate or, or vice versa. It's Caben Clausen. So, so we took what did you name him at birth? Oh, no. okay. Like, what did you, you decided he was going to be a junior and then changed your mind? No, no, no. We, we always had uh, in mind that we were going to name him Carl Benjamin Clausen yeah. and take the K-A and the B-E-N from Carl and Benjamin and Caben. name him Caben. And make that his nickname. No, and make that his name. Make that his name. But we okay. didn't get him on the same cards that way. So he's got legal cards. Yeah. So he's got it. He actually has to go through a name change because it's it's a bit of a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. So he's like, man, give me some cheddar to get this thing changed. It's not cheap. And so I'm like, all right, you got that was years ago. I said, we'll cover it. That's fair. But he's so he was going to go to a name change. I said, well, what are you going to change? He says, I'm going to go with a totally unique middle name. I said, what's it going to be? He says, Octagonius. And I'm like, (laughs) Haven. Corpse. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, you got to know Cabin. That sounds just like him, absolutely. And he would do it, too. Yeah, Cabin would. <sighs> but thankfully... He didn't. He hasn't he thought hasn't that through it. enough. So he hasn't okay. done, gone through with the whole change? No, he's still got to get this thing handled. And right. Every year when the taxes are going out, he's oh. like, Dad, you messed me up. I oh, go, man. dude, am I going to hear about this for the rest of my life? You have the opportunity to change it now. Yeah, go Change it. it. Here's the cheddar. That's funny. All right, coming up, speaking of name changes, we got a man with us here. A popular Moody program is getting a name change. Not us. We're still going to be Carl and crew. True. Rob West is going to be Rob the Hot Dog West. <laughs> oh, you gave it away. Rob the Hot Dog West live. Man. That's uh, something like that. <laughs> Actually, it's not that at all, no, but it is no. Rob West's <laughs> program. Money Wise Live is getting a new name. It's actually Hot Diggity Dog mm. West. Hot Diggity Dog. Oh, that's better. Rob Hot Diggity Dog West coming up in a minute and a <laughs> half. Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. All right, guys, here we go. It is time to get Rob West in here. Rob Hot Diggity Dog West. <laughs> We've been renaming all kind of things, Rob. Rob is the host of the nationally syndicated radio program, Money Wise Live, which you hear weekdays afternoon at three o'clock. Soon to be called. Soon to be called. Do we let Rob make the announcement? Oh, do we have a drum roll? We need a drum roll. That's the drum roll. It's pretty it, good. Yeah. Okay, keep it going. Keep it going. Okay. Come on. There it is. 
It's going to be called Faith and Finances Live. Woo! That's right, Faith and Finance Live. We're so excited to change the name. And here's the big idea, guys. It's that, you know, as we think about our finances, yes, we want to be wise with money, but it really is so much more than that. It starts with our faith, and then we allow our finances to be informed by that. So, yeah, January the 2nd, Money Wise Live is Faith and Finance Live, and we're pretty excited. Have That's you been practicing, cool. Rob, so that you don't accidentally There's a lot say. of Fs going on there, Allie. And yeah, faith, fight. Yes, I am, but I'm ready. Yeah. Um, how many times do you think you might have a hiccup on air live with the oh, going back boy. to the old name? Yeah, uh, all the time. <laughs> You better be blazing that in front of you. Hey, buddy, this is great. It's where people are staring down 23 down the barrel here. Yeah. It's coming soon. Top 10 financial moves. Give us the first five, and then we'll hold those others uh, after a quick break here. What do you got? Yeah, let's get real practical. You know, I think the first is so often we perhaps we were taught financial literacy, but we weren't taught God's way of handling money. So what if in 2023 you committed to growing in your knowledge of God's way of handling finances. Uh, let me just offer you a couple of suggestions. One would be just a basic read would be Howard Dayton's Your Money Counts. You want to do uh, a newer book, Paul David Tripp, I read this year, Redeeming Money. It was phenomenal. And if you want to take a deeper dive, Randy Alcorn's Money, Possessions, and Eternity hmm. was a game changer for me. Uh, number two, begin a gratitude journal. Think about this. You know, uh, when we reflect on the abundance that we have and practice an attitude of gratitude, attitude, it's a game changer. What if you started this year, at least for the first month or two, to at the end of every day, just kind of jot down or maybe at the start of the day, a few things you're grateful for. I think it'll change everything. Number three, strengthen your financial foundation. What does that mean? Well, uh, let's work on building that emergency fund. The best way to do it is to set up an automatic transfer from your checking account to a separate, perhaps online savings account. Maybe it's $50 a month or 100 but Let's get that emergency fund with a target of three to six months expenses built up, and that will uh, really establish that financial foundation. The other thing I think here is to get organized. Make sure your loved ones have the details on your financial yes. information. Yeah. You know, so often one spouse is the one that's the bookkeeper and it likes finances a little more than others, uh, and so or the other. So perhaps this is the year that you get all that information in one place so they can access accounts and professionals and all the details uh, that they need. Number four, check your life insurance coverage. This one isn't very exciting, but it's really necessary. I find so many people, Carl and Allie, are underinsured. And so make sure you have 10 to 12 times your income. The best way to do that, the most cost-effective way is through term life insurance. And while you're there, take a look at an umbrella policy to protect your assets. They're very inexpensive and they kick in beyond your regular coverages. And then here's number five, and then we'll uh, take a quick break on this, but uh, start a money date. You know, my friend Shanti Feldhahn, the researcher from Harvard. She's amazing. She's amazing. Here's what she says. 70% of couples have conflict over money. That's not new to us. But the two big things to overcome it, number one, having margin in your financial life. It's not a matter of your income. It's a matter of you living below it and having a little extra. But number two, and this won't be a surprise, communication. So let's establish a time every month that we come together to course correct and look at things and talk about where we're going, it'll change everything. Beautiful. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We got Rob West with us right now. He's the host of currently Money Wise Live, soon to be changed to 
Rob West, give us the give us the news again for those who didn't it's hear it. It's going to be Faith and Finance Live. You know, Carl and crew, Faith and Finance. There I wanted you an go. And in my name. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also an app. Tell us a little bit about the app before we get back That's to the right. top ten. The app is going to be called FaithFi. That's FaithFi. So you'll find us at FaithFi.com and the FaithFi app. It's the place to go for all things biblical stewardship. So your community's there, all the content. Yes, the best money management system on the planet using Larry Burkett's tried and true envelope system, but in a beautiful digital interface. So, yeah, it's all being renamed in the new year. We got someone talking behind your back here, sending us in Uh a text here. Says, love Rob West. So smart with finances, but appreciate most the way he always presents his answers around gospel principles. Mm. That's really cool, Rob. And I think that's, I want to cheer for you too, hot dog. There's a lot of financial consultant guys out there. Some are a little bit rough around the edges, but you are kind and gracious and always hope given. So I appreciate you a ton. All right, my man, you gave us five, five financial moves for 2023, but you got a top 10 list. So let's go for that. Next five. What do you have, All Rob? Right, should I recap the first five? Oh really my word! Quick? I don't. Okay, if really quick. The first time really around quick. was really Let's quick. <laughs> All right, are you ready, Allie? I'm ready. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Number one, commit to growing in your knowledge of biblical finance. I recommended either a light read, Your Money Counts, or Randy Alcorn's Money Possessions in Eternity. Number two, begin a gratitude journal this year. It'll be a game changer. Three. Hold it. Time out. Yeah, time out on yeah, that yeah. one. Go what do you it. mean, gratitude journal? Well, take a perhaps a journal that you have laying around or maybe add it to your existing journal. And just every day, just write down a few things you're grateful for. Okay. And it's going to reposition, recondition your heart, calibrate you to the Father, and it'll change everything about your outlook on life and certainly your finances. I love uh, number that. three, strengthen your financial foundation. I suggested two ways. One is starting an emergency fund. Three to six months expenses is the target. Automate, automate, automate. So like set up an automated transfer from your checking to savings every month. Even if it's 25 or $50, get something going into savings so you have a cushion to fall back on and get organized. Make sure your loved ones have all of your financial details. Uh, number four, check your life insurance coverage, the target 10 to 12 times your income. And you're going to be able to do that most uh, uh, inexpensively by term insurance. And then number five, I said, begin a money date, a time to come together every month as husband and wife and talk about your finances, make course corrections, no finger pointing. This is a time to move forward and make progress. All right. So we're up to number six, and that is recommit to tracking your monthly spending. Uh, You all just mentioned the FaithFi app, which is uh, coming in the new year. Uh, Set up a spending plan together. Uh, Make this an instrument of peace because it's a reflection of where God is taking you as a family or as a couple and uh, start tracking your monthly flow of cash. Give every dollar a name and then have a system to control it. And that's where the FaithFi app comes in uh, today called the MoneyWise app. You can download it in your app store and I think it will uh, be Okay, real quick on this app. Um, This having a tool like this is powerful. How intuitive is this thing? Because a lot of people and and is this built on the envelope principle? Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, give, give us a little bit more on this app because I want people to get this tool, I think, here. Yeah, it it's incredible. I'll tell you, um, you know, Envelopes, which has been around 20 years, which is probably one of the leaders out there among a few others, uh, just closed down. And we're having tons of people coming over to it. And they're saying, I can't believe how powerful this tool is. It's really? simple. It's beautiful. But it is world class. We have a team of developers that spent two years developing it. And they're adding new features all the time. You'll find it in your app store today hmm. on money-wise, biblical finance. But here's how it works. It's the only app that has three different systems in it. So you can choose the one that's the best fit for you. You can do track only, you can budget and track against it, or you can do the full-blown envelope system where you have an envelope for every category. Uh, You automatically fund that out of every paycheck. And then your transactions are downloaded from all your institutions. It learns what envelope they go in. So it immediately categorizes them for you. That's huge. the, The key is, you can at any moment during the day, you or if you're married, you and your spouse can open up the MoneyWise app and say, what do we have left in eating out? Well, we're done for the month. Yeah. Let's go home. You Let's know? get that we're ramen noodles out. Yeah, That's right. Uh, so it really is powerful. Love that. And uh, you'll find it in your app store, MoneyWise Biblical Finance. Or if you want to read more about it, go to MoneyWise.org and just click app. Okay, that's thank you for that. Okay, keep cooking here. Top 10. All right. So review your investment plan. How did you react this year? That's the key. Were you emotional? Did you feel the need or did you actually, when the market got volatile, rush to cash and pull out of the stock market? That tells me you were not positioned properly. You were perhaps too aggressive. Hopefully you wrote it out. If you did, don't make any changes. The market is coming back. Could it retest its lows? Absolutely. We could have a recession next year. But here's the thing. It will recover at that time is the time for you to say, was I too aggressive? Do I need to reposition? Did it cause me to lose sleep at night? Do I need to hire an advisor instead of doing it myself? You know, when we're in a 12-year bull market that's raging like we were bound to have a bear show up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you can feel really good about making those decisions yourself. Now, as we hit enter into a period probably of a, a sideways market for quite a while, it's probably time to think about hiring an advisor to manage that for you. Okay. All right. We're up to number eight. Commit to your debt repayment plan. It's so important, folks, now with interest rates high. Yes, savings rates in terms of the yields are heading up, but uh, debt uh, interest rates are heading up with them. So if you have credit card debt in particular, this is the time to get out from under it. It's getting more and more expensive. And uh, if you have less than 4000 in credit card debt, snowball it. So line up the cards, smallest to largest balance, free up as much as you can out of your budget budget and pay all the minimums, but let's attack the smallest balance. When that one's gone, let's move to the next smallest balance. That in studies shows that you're actually going to make continued progress because those those wins along the way are going to give you the motivation to keep going. If you have more than 4000 in credit card debt, uh, call my friends at ChristianCreditCounselors.org and uh, they'll get you on a debt management program. All right, two more. You ready, Carl? Man, I'm telling you what. Here's what's amazing about this. Every one of these is so spot on. 
We should commit a segment to one, not a segment to five. But give us the last two. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Uh, Take a look at your 2023 giving plan. Uh, You might ask, how much can I give this year? Am I prepared to give sacrificially? Maybe you change the question and say, how much should I keep this year? You know, some families find it useful, Carl and Allie, to set a progressive target for giving. They ask the Lord for the ability to increase their giving 1% a year. You're giving 5% now. Maybe next year's the year as you go to six. You're given 15 now. Let's go to 16. This is an opportunity to say, where is God moving? What are my passions and how can I reorder my finances so I can be connected to it with my giving? And I want to do it at an increasing level over time. So that's number nine. Okay. And then finally, number 10, here we go. Protect your identity and review your credit report. This is so big. Go to annualcreditreport.com and pull all three credit bureau reports. Let's see if there's any inaccurate information. What you may find is there's an account on there that's not even yours because somebody assumed your identity. If you're not watching your credit report, you're opening yourself up in the midst of these incredibly fraudulent times with all kinds of identity theft around us. Um, You're not going to spot it. By pulling your credit report, that's going to be your key uh, to making sure you stay safe. I might have been mistaken on this last one. I thought that was a big marketing scam. You're saying this is for real, Rob. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, the Fair Credit Reporting Act says that if you see inaccurate information, you can dispute it within 30 days, they'll have to delete it. If somebody has assumed your identity, what they're most likely going to do is open an account in your name and then borrow some money. uh, And then you're responsible for it. Well, the way you pick up on that is you see that hit your credit report and you say, I didn't open that account. That's not mine. And then that's uh, going to allow you to be able to address it. How how rampant is this right now? Is it getting? Oh, it's so huge. I mean, you know, there's so many versions of this, right? You know, there's the phishing scams, which are the big ones. So don't give anybody information that calls you, even if the car ID has an institution you recognize. Don't click a link with an email. I don't care if the logo's up there and it looks like the bank that you do business with. You call them if they want information from you on the number on the back of your credit card. Don't respond to anything that's incoming. I mean, they do that with Moody Bible Institute. They rip off our logo here and they try to fish us into stuff here as employees. It's crazy, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It really is. It, it's big. Oh, my word. And it's heartbreaking, too. I've got some friends. I've got a couple of friends, one elderly friend that got taken to the cleaners on his retirement fund. Promised the moon delivered nothing and has nothing to show for it. So be careful. Right, Rob? That's right. Absolutely. Oh, boy. Buddy. I got a hunch what we got to do is have you come on one day and tackle these one at a time. They're all so good, good, Allie. I love it. Really good. I took the best notes that I could. (laughs) And then we'll get more from Rob offline so we can find out how to share this with you. Okay, guys, we're going to, yeah, we're going to get this in a document form. Rob is incredibly wise and everything truly, as one listener said, linked to the gospel. And uh, he's a gospel man through and through who wants us to be good stewards of our dough. Way to go, Rob West. Appreciate it. The name of the new show is? Faith and Finance Live, coming January the 2nd. Same great show. I'll still be there, just a new name. There we go. Faith and Finance <laughs> Live, coming January 2nd, 3 p.m., right here on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Helping you start your day with a boom. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. 
We've got Jay Warner Wallace with us this morning. He's become one of our favorites. He's a Dateline featured cold case homicide detective, also a popular national speaker, podcast host, best-selling author, uh, one of his biggest cold case Christianity. It's hard to pick uh, uh, one of the biggest, but that's kind of the name of his website. So we'll go with that one. This has got to be his wheelhouse for sure. So let's bring him in. Jay Warner, good to have you with us this morning. I want to tackle a topic that we've been hitting all week long here. We've been looking at the Greco-Roman and even Jewish culture that Jesus was born into the disregard for children, the mortality rate, 50% died before they were age 10. The fact that uh, the man was not only the head of the house, he ruled with an iron fist. He determined whether or not babies would survive, whether they wanted them or not, or if they'd be sold into slavery. I mean, this was a rough world that Jesus was born into. Probably one of the greatest evidences for his messiahship is he flipped the world on its head, Jay Warner. You're absolutely right. First of all, he inaug- he's, he's, kind of, he's very revolutionary if you think about it. And even today, I mean, I'm listening to your description, right, of Rome, and I can't help but think to myself, wow, we've really kind of in so many ways taken the same view toward children, toward infants, toward toward the preborn that, that people have in yes. the past. And it's, it's, it's to the teaching of Jesus that still flips uh, well, how we think on our head and, and how we respond to this. But you're absolutely right in the first century, just his use of just his uh, interactions with women. And you can see this at the woman in the well in, in the Gospel of John, right? I mean, it's clear that as the gospel writers are writing this interaction, they see it as unusual. They see it as, yeah, and then he did this crazy thing kind of kind of an approach. So you're absolutely right. His, his teach, well, of course, that shouldn't surprise us, right? Because if this is the word of God, who transcends all cultures, all points in history, that don't be surprised if you're going to discover something transcendent in the Gospels that will transcend the age in which they were written. And that's what you see. Mm. Let's get a little, bit, a little bit of your backstory. And you were an atheist. We read your bio, cold case homicide detective. You were incredibly skeptical when you walked into a church with your wife who thought maybe we should have some religion in our lives. And you heard the pastor say some glowing things about Jesus being this important and really smart guy, which started you on this path. Take it from there and give us a little bit of your story. Well, I, I, well, you're talking today about the teaching of Jesus, right? And how and how it is that Jesus flips things on its on its. I, I, I experienced that too. I mean, I was not interested in Christianity. Didn't know anybody who was a Christian, and growing up, I didn't have Christians in my life. So I never really had been in a church where anyone had preached from scriptures or really had anything to say specifically about Jesus that seemed revolutionary to me. But this pastor said that Jesus was the smartest man who had ever lived. And I thought, well, what's so smart about the teaching of Jesus? Now, I was interested in smart guys. You know, I had a teacher in high school who was Baha'i, and uh, he was a sociology teacher. And I remember when I was in his class, he, he we were talking about these kinds of things and how smart ancient sages were, and he gave me the writings of Baha'u'llah. And I remember being interested, not because I thought that this dude was in any way related to God, because I didn't think there was a God that existed to begin with. But I just figured, look, ancient people, if there's wisdom that has been handed down through the ages, even like we're talking about today, but the wisdom related to how we treat women and children, because this is very different in that first century than how Jesus treated and how Jesus approached the topic. But if there's wisdom like that, that makes it down 2000 years, well, then probably there is some truth in it. To me, it didn't have to be from God. It could just be the wisdom of an ancient sage. And that was really the entry point for me to even open the Gospels to see what the red letters were. What did Jesus say that this guy thought was so smart? 
And that's really what started the whole journey for me. Our guest right now, Jay Warner Wallace. Um, Allie, you want to build on that a little bit? Yeah. So you started your own quest to investigate the claims of Jesus like you would a cold case, nobody homicide case, right? Yeah. I mean, we do. Like, I, I was very suspicious. Uh, you know, the only people I knew who were religious, I had a few people in my family on my dad's side um, that were Mormon and they were always you know, trying to approach me with the Book of Mormon. And and so I was I, I just knew that in the end, I didn't trust their Book of Mormon any more than I trusted the Bible. I didn't trust any of it. Uh, to me, it was all the same kind of nonsense. And so I, I had to come at it a different way. I mean, if look, here's how I, I discover it, what, the, what happened in the past when it comes to criminal trials, when it comes to cold cases. It's always built on a large cumulative case with tons and tons of little things. I call this death by a thousand paper cuts. That's how we do uh, criminal trials. And so I thought if there's this is if Jesus is who he said he was, then, then you mean to tell me he would have no impact outside of what's written in, in the Gospels? Like if I didn't have the Gospels at all, could I make a case for Jesus of Nazareth from nothing but just human history? After all, if God was to enter into his history, into his creation, wouldn't you expect there to be evidence everywhere, not just on the pages of some Christian scripture? Well, it turns out that, yes, he's had that kind of impact on culture. And as I kind of searched through the data to look at and see like, well, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, he changed everything, everything in terms of literature, art, music, education, science, even other world religions eventually include Jesus in their thinking. And so I thought that's really interesting. There's no other historical figure who's had that kind of impact. Now, now why does that matter? Well, well, I think about it for a second. There's only a couple of options with who Jesus was. Either he didn't exist at all, and he's just a mythology created by people in the first century, or he he existed, but he wasn't, you know, who they said he was, and he never rose from the grave, or he's exactly who they he said they, you know they said he was, and he did rise from the grave because he's God incarnate. Those are your three options. It's myth or man or messiah. Of those three options. Which one makes the most sense given the impact that Jesus of Nazareth had? I can't think of a mythology of a piece of fiction that has had the impact that Jesus has had on literature, art, music, education, science, and world religions. And I can't think of a living human who's had that kind of impact. So the third option starts to come into view. And as I looked at the evidence for this, I thought, wow, you know, this really does make more sense if he is who he said he was. I love it. Jay Warner Wallace, our guest right now. Guy is brilliant, man. I love him. Uh, Let me set it up for you. We're going to go to another segment here, but let me give it to you this way. It seems to me that one of the greatest evidences for someone who would claim Messiahship, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, is that his followers would have similar impact or at least be affected in a way. And we see that in the early church. I want to go back to the early church and what you saw there when you were doing your investigation. And what should people see today in the church that maybe they aren't seeing and what do we need to do about it? Let's go more with Jay Warner Wallace straight ahead. Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got a special guest with us this morning, Jay Warner Wallace, Dateline featured cold case homicide detective, a popular national speaker, host, and best-selling author of Cold Case Christianity. Yeah, we've been talking this week, uh, Jay Warner, about this. It's really cool. Uh, when Jesus said to the disciples, no, no, let the kids come to me. That was so countercultural. Children were dismissed. They were discarded. Women were slaves. Uh, Cicero spoke in uh, 43, about 50 B.C. 
He spoke of women as donkeys or as horses, and they could they were object, and that's all they were, and they could be discarded. When Jesus came on the scene, he took the world, flipped it on its head of sorts, and then followers followed him. When you were first doing your investigation about that early period of Jesus's life, how did his disciples impact or sway your decision making about whether or not he was really the Messiah? Well, a couple of things about that. First of all, when you're looking at people's statements in a criminal investigation, you're not just looking at what they, they say, you're looking at what they don't say. You're not just looking at the, the, the positives, you're looking at the negatives also. When I, when I look at scripture, it's clear that the people who are writing the gospels are only including the stuff that they think is so remarkable that in some way differentiates Jesus from those around. It's his miracles. It's his moral teaching. Yeah. And they include these episodes like the one you described where he welcomes the ch- – why, why would you include that? There's lots of, of like mundane stuff about what you had for dinner that's not included on the pages of scripture. Well, why? Because it's pretty mundane and ordinary. They're including what was extraordinary. Yeah, that's right. And so what's interesting about that is when I see that, the only reason why they're including it is because, yeah, the culture – he's flipping the thing on its head because the culture is not treating kids the way he – was. And so you're absolutely right. So I'm looking for, I'm examining the scripture for the first time years ago. It was really looking at it from a forensic statement analysis perspective, but that's what we're doing here. We're saying, Hey, what are the words you're choosing? There are certain optional words you never need to choose. For example, an adjective or an adverb is never needed. It does help, but it's not needed. So when people include adjectives and adverbs, I want to know why they're trying to tell us something, read between the lines. So, so what I was doing when I was first looking at the scriptures, I was asking the question, well, what are they including and what are they not including? Also, I want to know something about the actual witness. And what you said was very important. Look, there's only three reasons why anyone lies. They're the same three reasons why anyone commits any crime. There's only three reasons. They are the pursuit of money, the pursuit of sex, or the pursuit of power. That's it. Now, it's in scripture, but but I didn't know that. I just knew this from working homicides. There's only three reasons why anyone kills somebody. Money, sex, and power. So, so if I'm asking the question for these guys who are writing these documents, like what's in it for them? Are they lying about Jesus? If they're lying, I know why they're lying. They're only lying for one of those three reasons. Wow. So let me see, which of those three are they gaining something? Are they getting rich? Are they getting girlfriends? Or are no. they getting power out of this? Now, I think a lot of skeptics will say they're getting the third thing. They're getting power. They're becoming well-known because of their status as disciples. Really? Known infamy enough to be is, killed. Exactly. Fame is different than infamy. I mean, these folks ended up dead for what they said. Now, I would say this to both of you. If the three of us said we were willing to die for what we believe about Jesus, that would have zero evidential value because there's lots of people who would be willing to die for what they don't know is a lie. But that's not the 12. That's not the 120 in the upper room in Acts 1. That's not the 500 that Paul mentions in 1 Corinthians 15. These folks would know if it's a lie. And people who are willing to die for something they know is a lie, that's craziness. So when I saw what happened to the disciples, I realized they're in a different category than you and I. They're in the category of actually having seen it. Yeah. And that's why their lives and how they lived their lives and what they were willing to sacrifice Uh, It matters in terms of an evidential case. Mm. Jay Warner Wallace, uh, one of the books I read in this past year was Person of Interest, which you wrote. I love the uh, subtitle on this, Why Jesus Still Matters in a World That Rejects the Bible. Now, what you did in this book, I found fascinating. You sifted through the evidence of history alone without relying on the pages of the New Testament to find out what kind of impact did Jesus have. Uh, Give us some bullet points of what you found. 
Yeah, that those areas we talked about were the are areas that are most important to me as an atheist. As an atheist, if you say what's more, what what makes life worth living, I would have said probably, and probably most atheists would agree, it's going to be something in the range of uh, literature and art and music and education and science and the advancement of our knowledge. Right. Well, it turns out those five areas I just mentioned have been more influenced by Jesus and his followers than any other person and any other group in the history of persons and groups. No one has had a bigger impact on literature, art, music, education, and science than Jesus and his followers. And now this is, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive because we hear all the time, but you Christians, you're anti-science, right? Well, it turns out if you look at the history of scientific development, of scientific study, of scientific growth, you will see that that history over the last 4,000 years kind of stays static until the arrival of Jesus. And then it takes off exponentially. Now, that could just be that he is coincidentally in the right place in history, or sure. it could be that something about the Christian worldview is a catalyst for science. And it is. As a matter of fact, every major scientific discipline that you can think of today, if it's biology or astronomy or chemistry or whatever it is, even to quantum mechanics, it turns out that the the founder of that, the father, they will say, whether it's a male or a female, the founder and the father of that discipline is probably a Christian. Overwhelmingly, Christians have founded the scientific disciplines. I'm talking about take every other group, put them together, uh, multiply by three. You're not even getting close yet to what Christians have done in the sciences. That's true. And not only that, those Christians have written about Jesus as well as about gravity and about astronomy and about the you know, universe and about quantum mechanics. If all you had were the personal letters of the science fathers, you would learn more about Jesus than you could from the history of the church fathers. Wow. Now, that's the impact he's had in this discipline. Nobody else has had this kind of impact. No other religious figure, no other world leader, no other great world thinker. This is why I said, oh, this is really fascinating. I think part of it is we just don't understand the impact that Jesus and his followers have had on things like education. You realize the modern university is a Christian invention. The three modern universities at Bologna and Paris and Oxford, those were founded by Christians, totally. Christ followers. Totally. And, and it's from those universities, by the way, that the next 24 daughter universities were founded. And those daughter universities fed the scientific revolution. Look, we have to really kind of establish are and understand who we are. You know, if we don't know who we are, we're likely to forget about who we are and we're not going to act that way in the world anymore. We are actually stepping out of some of these areas of leadership voluntarily. We don't have to. It turns out that Christians who were involved in the sciences had no problem making scientific discoveries, yet also believing there is a God and that Jesus rose from the tomb. They had no problem with it. Yeah. Now, the question is, can we continue in that tradition or are we going to just hand it over to people who don't believe in God? We have to make that decision. Yeah, that is a big decision. Jay Warner Wallace, by the way, you want to find out more. Some of you are going, who is this guy? I know I have the same feeling every time I interview him, even though we've done it multiple times. <laughs> Coldcasechristianity.com. Coldcasechristianity.com. Go check it out, guys. By the droves. I'm wanting you to go there. Check it out. Get resources. Get Christmas gifts. Coldcasechristianity.com. Want more from your morning show? Check us out on social media. Just go to Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. You know, sometimes, have you ever seen a dog that's chasing a car and he catches it? And then he doesn't know what to do? <laughs> um... No, no, sir, you've never seen that? No, okay, I, I don't I think guess, so. Well, that's right. There's not a lot of loose dogs here in Chicago. 
Like, yeah, we gotta go up north to Alaska. Don't don't give me the song. All the dogs I see in the city are leashed. Yeah, that's right. Well, in Alaska, they're unleashed. And in some of the dogs, we had this dog up there. I've talked to you about Primo, that big old German Shepherd that used to chase me when I was on my bike. Uh, yes. When he caught me, he knew what to do. Bite. And he did. He was mean. But when he would chase cars, he would come after cars. He'd come bolting out of his run, 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 run. Chase that car. The car would stop. And then Primo's standing there going, all right, now the, now I got the car to stop. Now what do you do? Okay. And it's kind of a funny thing to watch a dog that finally catches a car like he's going to do something with it. <laughs> well, that's kind of us in evangelicalism. Huh. You know, we for years and years and years... We're talking about right to life. We want to see Roe v. Way overturned. We want to see it overturned. We want to see it overturned. It gets overturned. And now it's like, now what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, that was an amazing season. Yeah, June 24th. It put this decision right back in the lap of the states. And the question is, what are we going to do? This is the time for the church to be the church to be salt and light in our world today and to be active, caring for widows and orphans, loving people really well. And boy, have we got a special guest right now. Her name is Mary Toyama. She is a dear friend and mentor of mine for many years. Mary currently serves as the interim executive director for Caris Pregnancy Counseling and Resources. How in the world did you get into this J-O-B? <laughs> Thank you for that introduction. Uh, well, it's right place, right time. And God's spirit moving. A amen. Amen. Yes. How are you enjoying it? Well, I'm learning so much in this role. I've been aware and working and volunteering with Kara since 2004. So over the years, in and out of serving in the ministry, speaking about it, um, started on a prayer team. Yeah. And uh, here I am today. About three years ago, they asked if I would come on staff as the assistant executive director. Wow. And then COVID just sort of, you know, threw yeah. whatever yeah. into all ministries. Yes. And yeah, so here I am. Okay. I got a personal question for yeah, you. Absolutely. Because this is personal for you. Very. Are you willing to share your story a little bit absolutely, here, Mary? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Take it away. Yeah. The floor is yours. Absolutely. So the reason why I got to Karis in 2004 is I came to faith in 2002. And when I was uh, a freshman in college, I uh, chose to have an abortion. And in faith now, I really grappled with that decision yeah. uh, because the word of God was open to me, to my heart, to my mind. And I just had to walk that back. And, you know, the reconciler is Jesus Christ, yes. yeah. but I, there's things you could do as well, right? To, and I really am public about this because for me, this is now a life-giving opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I could serve women who are walking into that situation and maybe help them pause before they just roll in, you know, as a teenager at 19, you're rolling down the road, you're listening to whatever, and you're making decisions by your own, you know, choice and your own understanding. Well, with the Lord, we know we should not lean on our own understanding. Yeah. So Karis is, has been a place of healing for me. That's a beautiful wow. story. Now, young women who walk in or call into Karis are uh, facing an unplanned pregnancy. What are some of the things most common that you hear from young women? Obviously, a little fear. Absolutely. What else is going on in the mind of a, 
woman at any age who's facing this pregnancy that she did not plan and maybe doesn't want. You're right. It's it's fear. It's shame. It's sometimes a, a vulnerability to an abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sometimes abortion minded. I want to do this. Um, and sometimes the, the people that come to Karis are wanting to parent and they want to have our resources available to them. So there's like three, four different ways a person presents to Karis. Yeah. And uh, but the but definitely in that realm of fear mm-hmm. and wanting to get a free pregnancy test. Am I pregnant? Yeah. You must hear stories all the time. Give us a fresh one. Oh, a fresh story. OK, so recently we have uh, a client who I would say has uh, came in wanting a baby bot baby bottles. I mean, it was she wanted a resource, but she was with this her third child married and was very much um, vulnerable mm. at that time. Mm. And really, they had nothing. So uh, she found Karis, looked it up, saw resources, and her heart was, and this is very recent, she gave us her testimony saying that she came in at such a bad place, and Karis was so willing to give what she needed. And that's, that's how we work. It's like, what do you need? And in her case, she needed a baby bottle. And, you know, now she's in a really great place, has a job, all these things. But she really said, Kara saved my life because having those needs met totally and, and being blocked from having that uh, brought her down to a, a, a path. So coming up, let's talk a little bit more about this ministry. What are the resources uh, that they provide to these women of all ages? And what's a way that you can step in and partner with them? More with Mary Toyama coming up. Going deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. We've got Mary Toyama with us this morning. She's the interim executive director of Karis Pregnancy Counseling and Resources. So let's talk about some of these resources that Karis provides to women. Okay, well, first off, it's free pregnancy tests, free ultrasound, incredible professional counseling. Um, we have a program, it's called C to 5, which means conception to five years old. So our model is we don't, I think you said it earlier, now what does the church do? Yes. Right? So what does Karis do? We walk alongside uh, the women and the fathers to that place until their children's five. Mm. And usually by then they're, you know, getting connected into school and, and they don't. Till five. Till five. That's news to me. I had no clue about yeah. that. And so the idea is that, you know, go have your baby, you know, see you later. That's not Karis. Karis is there for the long haul. This is amazing. Okay. So if you're with them till five. All of a sudden, doors of opportunity for people that want to be a part of Karis have expanded greatly. (laughs) What's it look like if someone were to come down and say, hey, I want to roll up. How can I be a part of Karis? Someone's out there going, I don't really have any counseling skills, but I want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. What do you say, Mary? Well, we've done baby showers. We've had small groups um, do events of like. Uh, Valentine's Day, Christmas parties in that realm. We have connection groups. And right now our connection groups are meeting online, still a little bit of uh, leftover. Yep. Right? Yep. So uh, it's really supporting. We have a, a, a program called 317. Okay. And it's based off of First uh, John 317. And it's about loving well. And yes. if you don't have, you know, how basically how it's how good is your faith, I think. Yeah. But the idea is, is that that way a small group or a person could partner through a giving 
situation where that client needs a, a, a specific item, like a crib or a car seat, and you, they go online and each are vetted in a way and able to give that thing that is needed through the Amazon wish list. What um, a beautiful, yeah. practical yeah. thing. And you just go to Karis Donate 317 program. Mary, Karis serves women of all faith backgrounds of or of no faith backgrounds. How do you see God move in these situations where maybe women come and they're they don't they don't know the Lord? I'm assuming you see both. You see women who know the Lord and women who do not. Can you think of a story of someone who's come to faith through through the work of Karis? Yes. Um, many times people have come through faith uh, just through the connection groups, which is after a woman chooses to parent or is pregnant, uh, they'll join a connection group that meets and, and that person, like I'm one of the people that leads it. Of course, they're going to hear about the Lord. Yes, from Mary, you will. <laughs> Lisa, too. A shout out to Lisa. But um, and, and it's done in a way where we're we're opening it up. It, there's a question, you know, how do you uh, we work it off of a, a curriculum that we've created? How do you find peace? You know, how, where's your identity? Yeah. And, and I'll bring it back to that. So uh, one of the girls that went through it totally you know, came to faith, got baptized. Uh, and we're just, we're so blessed with those success stories. Yeah. Um, I have another great testimony of a woman in 2000. Well, let me start now. She is a donor and she, you know, has been giving recently. Yes. And I, my, one of my jobs is I get to call and say, thank you. Oh, and tell you're, me. you're good with donors. <laughs> I guarantee it. People feel like I want to give some more to this ministry. But the idea is like, tell me what compels you to give to this ministry. Cause I want to know their story. But like I have a story. Yeah. I want to know where they're at. And uh, this young lady uh, said, I was a client of yours 10 years ago. Oh, wow. How awesome, right? <laughs> and she uh, said, Karis just walked alongside me. And she was uh, the daughter of a pastor and, you know, fell away in that season. And Karis helped walk her back. But more importantly, Karis, I mean, that is the most important. But Karis really just walked alongside her. And she grew so much, went back to her parents, you know, had her baby. All that was part of just the way Karis yeah. works. And she said, my counselor was there every step of the way. And she said, I would call her. She would text me whenever she could. She'd get back to me. That's how Karis works. Wow. Oh, amazing. All right, guys, we got a keyword for you here today. Just text the word Karis to 312-274-9624. Yes, I'll spell it for you. C-A-R-I-S, Karis, to 312-274-9624. Mary you are a spark plug for the <laughs> grace of God, let me tell you. Amen. Good. Good to hear. <laughs> Good, Good to, to hear. hear. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us again, Boom Crew, all week long, loving like Jesus. The key word for Karis is Karis. Karis, C-A-R-I-S to 312-274-9624. Uh, quick last question here. Is this something, because you know I'm big on the church. We're big on the church around here. Oh, yeah. Is this something that a church could say, man, let's adopt Karis? Yes. We as a church, let's adopt this ministry. Yes, absolutely. We could come and talk to the church, you know, five minutes. It's not a big uh, ask, really. They could put us on their website. You know, some churches yes. have partners. Mm. Put us on there because if it, there's name recognition. Yep. And we've been around for 35 years, birthed out of a church. It's It's one of those things, if they see it, They'll come like beautiful, the, like the minister's daughter. Absolutely. Karis, C-A-R-I-S 
to 312-274-9624. Scarlet Crew Mornings, it's guess going. what? We got winner, winner, chicken dinner. We do. We do. And we're going to go under the tree. Who's under the tree Allie. today? Allie. Oh, is it me? Oh, yeah, I'm so you. sorry. <laughs> there. I'm like, what are you doing over there? Under the tree. Oh, we got a, a Chris Seagard cleaning up the house right now yes. for us. Thank you, Chris. All right, it is time. We're going to go. We got Facebook Live going here. Good morning, everybody on Facebook Live. Good to see you. Chris is going to pan around, show the whole team in here. There's Super Dive doing the not in place. full on <laughs> parade wave right now. There's Swing Alley a little to her. There we there go. You go. There you there go. There you go. All right. Cut, so cut off guard there. Are we ready to go, guys? Yep. So you introduce our uh, call in winner. Who's our call in winner our today? Co- thanks for cueing me on that one, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little out of sorts today. It's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, does anyone have a bus wheel so we can hand Allie here? Because she's driving it today. Sherry Lake in the Hills is our call-in winner. Give her a hand. Yay. Come on. Sherry. And have we got an online winner? Well, we will announce the online winner yeah. after we open after. the gift. Okay, yeah, sorry about that. I'm, I'm getting this out of order here. All right, we're ready to roll right now. Okay, let's open a gift for Sherry. Sherry? Sherry, what do you, you want? Would you like a, kind of a brown paper packaging, or would you like a more colorful wrapping paper? Right. I you pick for a little okay. bag. This too. is you pick. We got a little Allie's teeny choice. one dangling I'm off the tree go as well. With the brown paper packaging oh. tied up with string. Oh wow! Oh See, well, there you go. Singing, man. <laughs> wow! Well, There's uh, a ton of gifts. Sherry, do you know few. what movie that's from? Uh, oh, is it? Wait, it's a Julie Andrews movie, right? Yes. 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 It is. It's The Sound of Music. Sound of Music. That's oh, not your gift. That was just a bonus. <laughs> okay, Anna. Wow. I'm opening your okay, gift. Opening the gift right now. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Looks like the first thing are some... It's like some, some fishing lures. No, it's thermal insulated. <laughs> it looks like maybe a hat and some gloves, but oh, there are more. Nice. There's oh, more to this pack. There's, there's a lot wrapping. of stuff in there's here. There's a lot of stuff. More fishing lures. What are these Not things? Fishing lures. Worms? Looks like it looks like you go, it looks package? like a fish net. <laughs> looks like we've got oh, some. Oh, I know which one that is. I know what that is. Such beautiful wrapping. Oh, these are yeah. They it look like fish net from a distance. These are socks or something. Give your list. Those are great. Oh, should I start reading it? Yeah, yeah I think so. All yeah. right, hang on a second here. This is called the Sleigh Ride yes. Gift Pack. Oh, it's I in love. it's in brown holly paper with felt holly <laughs> ribbon. It is really pretty. And like it ribbon. is a pair of, wow, Sherpa and fleece blankets and a oh, pair of insulated oh, wool gloves. Make so sure warm. you uh, make sure you stay warm on those chilly outside sleigh rides. Days at the sledding hill are just getting cozy in front of a fire. Hot cocoa oh, and chestnuts blankets. optional. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Allie. Merry you Christmas, got... Sherry. <laughs> my kids. Look at this. Could you hold all those up at one time, Allie? No, but it's so cozy. Nice. Sherry, congratulations. And our online winner today, who's our online winner, Carl? Hannah from Warrenville. <laughs> Thanks. Or Young Thunder. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking around for the note. I got no note. Young Thunder co-opted that thing I from did. me. I stole it. Oh, my goodness. We got gifts. We, we got, got good stuff, got guys. Really Again, this stuff. is the Sleigh Ride gift pack. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is lots of lots of cozy stuff to keep you warm. It was us. formerly wrapped in brown holly paper with felt holly ribbon. <laughs> yes. Now it's all over the now studio. Now it's all over the studio. That's it for today, guys. Thanks for playing along. If you're watching on Facebook Live, good to have you with us. That's Chris Seagard sneaking down low, getting Facebook Live turned off right there. What a good time, huh, guys? It is. Merry Christmas, everybody.
Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew as we help you take your next step with Jesus. You're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.